0: The Whole Life Success Show, Episode 20. Discover your path to success with the truth, fresh perspectives, and the real life advice that you need in order to achieve life success. Hello, Life Warriors, and welcome back to the Whole Life Success Show. I'm your host, Paul Mantello, and I'm glad to have you back today. On today's show, I'll be talking to a guest by the name of Fidel Rodriguez. He's the Chief Inspiration Officer at Inspired Human Revolution. He's also a husband and a father who has lost 75 pounds and was able to pay off over $90,000 worth of debt. So in this interview, we're going to find out a little bit more about this interesting person. We're going to see how exactly did he lose 75 pounds and pay off $90,000 of debt. Hello, Fidel. How are you today?
1: Hey, Paul. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah,
0: not a problem. Thanks for making some time out to come on the show and make an appearance. I'm really excited to have you here today. I want to get into some nitty-gritty stuff. I mean, just the uh, opening line there, you lost 75 pounds, paid off $90,000 of debt. You're a husband, a father. I mean, it sounds like a lot to juggle.
1: (laughs) And, it, it, you know, it really is uh, just the... Just the knowing that uh that you can do that, you know, seventy five pounds when I was I was uh, two sixty five and uh, now I'm at one ninety, so just being there and you know, knowing that I could actually lose the weight, uh, you know, just it is hard to juggle that with a family and a uh, business and a um and a job, but you know, it's just like I tell everybody, it's always worth it in the end. So it's uh if you just plan up right, man, it's not that bad.
0: And now, what, what um, I guess, led you to wanting to lose the weight? Was it something that, you know, a medical doctor told you or just something you felt you had to do?
1: Oh, Paul, you know, um, I always tell people I've lost 20 pounds 10 times. And even since I was a kid, I can remember I was overweight when I was a kid. And I would always yo yo uh, my weight. I could remember, you know, being real thin during the summer. And then uh, winters come along, I'm inside the house and I gained 20, 30 pounds. As a kid, believe it or not, I mean, I was. Uh, then I'd lose it again. Um, So all my life I've been, you know, to the point of obesity as a child, I can remember using those uh, hustler jeans. You know when those, uh, hustler, I'm not, they were not, husky jeans, that's what they were called. Uh, And I remember when those came out, I was overweight. So, um, you know, growing up when I was in athletics, I I would also lose weight. But after I got out of high school and entered college, that's when it got out of control because that was Usually I was about one seventy, one ninety, but when I went to college, it went from one ninety to two hundred to two twenty. You know, then I, I got married, and it goes to up to two forty, up to two fifty, and then my highest was two sixty five. So what really caused me to to lose the weight was just the dissatisfaction I was feeling with myself, Paul. And I had, and I think like a lot of listeners, they have a lot of goals and a lot of dreams, and it's such a sad day when the body. You know, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. You know, the, the flesh is weak. And I, in the morning I wake up, my mind would say, you know, let's go get this. Let's go do this. And my body would say, man, I can't even get out of bed. So when that was happening, I, I knew it was time for a change. Um, so it was just more than anything, you know, you change your life through sometimes through inspiration and sometimes through desperation. And at that point, uh, when I was 265, I was wearing oversized 40 uh you know, waist pants. Uh I was so unhappy with myself. I was so desperate and just uh, you know, this desperation that I knew I could be a better person and a better version of myself. But uh this physical body that I was in wasn't allowing me to do that. So that's that's how that's how I decided, you know, this it, is time to turn this around.
0: Wow. And what what the uh I guess the main thing that helped you overcome, you know, the, the bad days? Because I'm sure it wasn't all good when you decided, hey, you know what? I'm finally going to do this. I'm going to lose weight. Were there are times when you felt backwards and you felt like, you know what? I'm just going to give up. This is too hard. I, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I don't even know what I was thinking.
1: <laughs> oh, man, more times than I would care to uh, to talk about. But, yeah, I, I've, I actually started it many times in 2009, I remember. For one month, I went to the gym. I lost like 20 pounds. And then a month later, I was back, gained 25. The crazy thing about life sometimes, Paul, is sometimes life throws things at you that you don't even know where they came from. For example, in 2011, I started a new job. I'm still at this position. It's a sales job. And in 2000, uh, this was late 2011. So in 2012, in January, they started, they always have this uh, yearly competition of losing weight. So I joined the competition. Um, because there was a cash payout, Paul. So it wasn't like I wanted to, to really, uh, you know, and to hold me accountable, but really it was a cash payout. So I thought, you know, I could do the same thing i always done, which is exercise, and I know I can lose 20, 30 pounds in two months. So I did that, Paul, and I went from, at the time I was 245 when I started there, and I ended the competition at two like 212, 215, somewhere around there, and I did win. Um, but that was the first time that I've actually lost the weight, and because I was there, and people were asking me how I did it and everything, I started feeling like I was I had to hold myself accountable because if they saw me go up in weight again, then uh, you know I was out of integrity. So basically, just to keep myself in integrity, I kept the weight off because I didn't want anybody to say, "Hey, man, you just lost the weight, and now you're back up." So they just held me accountable, and it's so crazy that I've been trying to do it on my own. This you know over the last basically 10 years, and this little simple competition that came out of nowhere uh help me lose the weight. And after that in 2013 I did it again. Um but the this uh this next time I was actually uh wasn't work uh overworking. I actually started implementing some dietary stuff like green juices, eating healthier and stuff. So uh that just got me from that 215 down to 200 and now being I'm 190. So that's how it all started. I did go back uh you know many times, but just people holding me accountable and me saying, "Hey, I'm going to be healthier, guys. And they were actually looking at me for advice and like a mentor. So I couldn't let them down, you know. So that's actually what's helped me keep the weight off, too.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's a big part is accountability. And, you know, a lot of times we try to do, I guess, things on our own. And it's usually the difficult things, you know, that where we should look out for somebody to help us or hold us accountable or do some simple stuff like that, that we turn the other way and we look to say, nah, you know what, I can do this by myself. And I guess, you know what, when you think about it, really, what's the harm in asking for some help to, you know, help you achieve something that's not only good for you, but good for others? Because look at the inspiration that you were able to provide to these other people.
1: Yeah, and I see what you're doing as far as coaching. And I know you see this all the time, but, man, I could say, you know, um, being overweight and losing the weight and, you know, paying off $90,000 in debt and, you know, going from making, say, $36,000 to over six figures. The most important part of all those pieces when people ask me how I did it is getting around people that, one, keep you accountable, and two, um, they raise your belief what's possible for you. And, you know, during all this time that I was losing the weight, I would watch videos of people like a documentary, Fat Sick and Nearly Dead. Uh, You know, he lost, I think, like 60, 80 pounds, something like that. But I would watch people that didn't lose just 10 pounds that didn't they didn't lose 20 i would watch people that were like me that needed to lose more than like 60 80 pounds and just the motivation that they presented to me made it it changed my mindset my belief system as you call it you know it changed my programming to believe that that was even possible for me
0: yeah absolutely and that's the biggest thing you know like i know you you read what i wrote and it's you know all about your operating system, which is your fears, your assumptions, your interpretations, and your limiting beliefs, and once you can get that understanding, then you have a a basis to begin your new work and create the new program or the upgrade that you need to start seeing that, you know what, hey, it is just a limiting belief. It is just an interpretation. It is just my fear creeping up, and you know what, I have to push through it. I have to get around this, and being able to find inspiration and people that hold you accountable definitely help you do that. And you mentioned that you were even able to pay off ninety thousand dollars of debt, or over ninety thousand. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, what happened? How did you get ninety thousand dollars in debt? And just give us, I guess, a, a little bit about that story of what happened there and how you were able to pay it off.
1: Oh man, um, this was in two thousand two. I I actually failed out of school. I was an engineering major, and I failed out. And uh, this I failed out in December two thousand one. Until two thousand two, I decided I'm uh, I'm just going to start a business. So I started a business knowing nothing, knowing nothing, Paul. That, you know, looking back, I can see all the mistakes I've made. But I started a business, and um, I asked, and I didn't have any money, so I thought I was smart and was going to ask people to let me borrow money. So I asked my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, my parents, anybody that I knew, I asked them for for money uh, to help me start my, my business, right? And now I know a whole lot better than that. But in three months, Paul, I lost everything. So I, you know, I started the business, knew nothing about business. I just thought I was smarter than I really was, and I, I lost everything that I had. So after that, it was, and that's not a lot, you know, it was only like 55 at that time, but uh, that I owed people. But then also I got in credit card debt. I owed my my uh, I owed my a vehicle, um, and at this point I was living at my parents' house. So um, and then I still had my school loan. So I was in so much debt. And the crazy thing is after that. It, whenever you're in debt, it's so hard because especially when you borrow from people, you don't even you're, you hide from people. That's a sad way to live, Paul, because when people would call me like my cousins and aunts and uncles, I would think, oh, man, I don't want to talk to them because I know they're going to want their money. And sure enough, I pick up the phone and be like, you know, before this, it was like, hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. Good to talk to you. And now it was like, hey, where's my money? So it puts so much stress on relationships. Um, so after that really I just quit on life. I mean, I had so many failures up to that point. At that point, you know, I, I failed out of school. Now I owed all these people money, now, my loved ones now. Uh, and it hurts so much more when it's people that you know. And I basically quit on life. I didn't want to see anybody or any, any do anything. But my sister, again, it's one of these things that life life throws at you sometimes when you're down and out and you feel like there's no hope. My sister got me a job at a meatpacking plant. So I worked at this meatpacking plant for over five years, Paul, making, you know, I started off like at $12 an hour. I mean, it was third shift. It was graveyard shift, which is perfect for me because I I really didn't want to see anybody. That moment, I decided I just want to stay here for another 40 years and just retire. I was so depressed. Uh, I was deep, dark, and depressed in this place that it's so hard to get out of. And little by little, you know, I worked there almost five years and I paid every penny back. Um, every penny, everybody that I owed, I paid them back. So, and the, the beautiful thing was during this whole process, you know, that's an amazing feat in itself, especially being that young. But again, I don't know why life throws these things at you sometimes, but when I was at that meatpacking plant, Paul, I was, I was started getting promoted and I became a manager and a supervisor. And one of the things they told us is, Hey, uh, every, every supervisor that you're doing your position has to go to a, uh, a course right? A training course. And I thought, man, I don't want to go. I just, you know, I I don't want to be here. I don't want to go. Anyway, they made me go. So I went. And when I sat down in that, in that, uh, three day course, Paul, it was the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. Have you heard of that?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> so I sat there and I thought, what is this all about? You know? Um, and as I, mean, I looked over at my neighbor and she was kind of thumbing through her book and we, uh, you know, we're uh, just waiting for the, the the coach to talk to us, and when he started talking, it changed my entire outlook on life. It was almost like the heavens opened up for me, Paul. It was like there's this guy Stephen Covey talking about you can do great things in life, and here's a system to do it, and it was like. Wow! Nobody's ever talked to me about these things. Nobody's ever. I've never experienced anything like this. It was like almost being born again, as funny as that sounds. But that day really changed my whole outlook on life. And although the pain back and this whole journey of paying back my my debt and you know all the failures that I've had, it had, for you know I really believe that it had to, that had to happen to lead me to that moment.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and I think that's the biggest part that we have usually a problem with is understanding the why, you know, like why is this happening to me? Why do I have to go through this? How come me? How come? How come? How come? When at the end, you know, you you just have to stop and realize there is a reason. It's bigger than you and eventually you'll understand why. You know, it might not be now, it might not be six months from now, it might not be five years from now. It might be ten or fifteen years from now. But eventually you will know why. And you know you just don't know until it's time for you to know, and when it's time, the doors are open, just like they did for you. I mean, look at that one meeting that you resisted on going to, how it changed your whole life
1: oh man, and it's it's absolutely beautiful that it changes uh, it, and it never gets easy. failure never gets easy, but it does get easier to accept when you know that you know that that what we call failure it's part of the journey, it's part of the journey to the success it's part of it's part of getting to where you're going and now i wholeheartedly believe that and knowing that in my in my just my being it makes everything easier it makes me if i uh, you know if i have another like me i lost my money again in another business closure things keep happening but now i'm more at peace if that makes sense paul because i know you know what that's okay it's part of the design and as long as i keep moving forward i'm gonna make it happen
0: Absolutely. And for everybody listening, my my definition of failure is when you give up. So failure can only occur when you give up because at the end of the day, failure is really the mother of success. You know, without failure, you know, you can't achieve success. And if you've ever seen uh, the graphics that they've had, it's a bunch of squiggly lines showing <laughs> you success, you know, because everybody thinks yeah. success is like a straight path. It's a, that doesn't happen that way. You know, it's just like when you, when you graduate high school and, you know, you're ready to hit the workforce and you're like, yes, I'm going to go get this job and I'm going to make $80,000 a year right off the bat or as soon as I graduate college, whatever the case might be. And mm-hmm. it's like, really? No, there's a ladder that you have to climb. You know, excuse me. There's no escalator here. You have to take the <laughs> stairs.
1: <laughs> that is so true. Um, you know, where were you 10 years ago when I needed that advice? But uh, really, I, I used to, as I live my life, I would find myself running away from failures. I would find myself really cowering from the hard things in life because I knew that they were going to be hard and maybe I would fail at it. And when, you, when you're so, you don't have the courage to do one thing, then that lowers your self-esteem, Paul. And again, the next time you're confronted with a hard issue, then you're not going to have the courage to do that because you're going to think back, well, I didn't do this. Why am I going to do this? And all of a sudden you start boxing yourself in this little box that it's, it's so hard to get out of because you've created these barriers and obstacles in your mind that are not really real, but are real to you because you created them by your belief system. Um, So when you, you know, when you realize that, hey, you know what, the best thing in life is to go after the hard things, even though you fail. And like you said, it's part of the journey. It's it's, success is not a straight line. It's one of those squiggly lines we see. It's so liberating. It's so empowering, yet it's so scary.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, if you learn to embrace it and, and say, you know what, scary is good. Scary means that you're learning, you know, and that's that's the part that people fail to realize. And also the other part of it is that, you know, this is something that we're taught part of our programming is that fail, failing is bad. You know, you learn it in school. You you fail the test. You fail the course. And you go home and your parents get on you, you, uh, you know, they get on your case about, oh, you're failing. You know, how come you didn't do so good? How come you didn't do this? Instead of focusing on the positives, we're we're programmed to focus on the negatives when you don't realize that, you know what, if you take a step back and just go back to when you were a baby, right, you're an infant, you don't know much of anything, it's just everything that's being taught to you, then slowly you learn how to crawl, then next thing you know, you stand up and you start to walk. But what happens? Usually you fall down, you fall down quite often before you really learn how to walk. But yet, nobody yells at the baby and says, hey, stay down, it's safer, you know, you failed, you know, quit walking, (laughs) quit trying. But, you know, and the same thing happens when you get a little bit older, you go to ride a bike, you know, you ride a bike, and what happens? At one point, you're going to take the training wheels off and you're going to ride the bike, and of course, you're going to wipe out, you're going to eat some dirt. But parents let you do that. And for some reason, the programming is kind of screwed up in the sense that for certain things, we're allowed to fail, but for other things, we can't. And when people can grasp that concept, you know, a whole new light will be shed on you because you say, yeah, you know what? You're right. When I was a baby, I failed many times. That's how I got forward, you know, and you have to push forward. When I learned how to ride a bike, I fell many times. When I learned how to do X, Y, and Z, drive a car, whatever it is, you're going to have an accident. You're going to do stupid things. You're going to make mistakes. And it's not because there's anything wrong with you. It's because it's the first time you're doing it, most likely. <laughs>
1: that is so true. That is so true. You know, I, I failed it. I failed in college. I did, and that was an engineering major. And that was looking back again. Uh, that was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me because I hated engineering. I really did, Paul. The only reason I was there is because I thought that's what I needed to do. That's what society, you know, people expected out of me. I took this test in high school, and that's what it said I should do. And I knew they made money, and I wanted to make money. So that's what I was doing. But yet I failed. I failed out of school. And uh, back in, and then this was 2002. In 2006, I decided to go back to school and now, but I'd realized that it's something I had to be interested in. And, you know, what am I interested in? And finally, I decided after some, you know, uh, you know, self-digging, um, self-analysis, I decided, you know, business is where I like. That's what I enjoy. I enjoy the people, the process and everything. So I went back and got my bachelor's this, and got my master's degree in business and I enjoyed it so much more. It wasn't necessarily easy. Just the process that I enjoy so much more made it a whole lot more fulfilling and more pleasant. And, but if I would have never failed at that engineering, you know, at getting my, my degree, then I may not have ever gone to get my MBA or my or my bachelor's in business. So And now I see that, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason. And as cliche as that sounds, you have to find, you know, you have to keep moving forward and find that light, find that silver lining in that cloud.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's perfectly said because, you know, all too often, you know, I go, I keep going back to what it is, which is the programming. It keeps, you know, forcing you to say, well, hey, you messed up. Hey, you screwed up. Hey, this happened. This shouldn't have happened. But at the end of the day, you have to stop and realize, say, well, who am I to say what should have and shouldn't have happened? I mean, last time I checked, uh, I wasn't really the boss. I just pretend to be the boss. You know, the, the boss that I have created me. So it's up to him what the plan is. And, you know, it, it, depending on your religious beliefs and, you know, what else you believe in. But at the end of the day, if you believe that you were put here for a greater purpose and you were put here by something bigger than you and me and everybody else, then you have to realize that, you know what, if you think you're in control, you're just lying to yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice to think we are we are in control of uh, ourselves and our actions. But in the end, there you know, we realize that there's a greater design.
0: Yeah, and, and it, that's the key is that, you know what, we are in control to a certain extent, and I think we let that get to our head. It's almost like a power trip, you know, mm-hmm. because you know, hey, if I run across the freeway, you know, in the middle of rush hour and cars are flying by, there's a good chance I'm going to get hit by a car, maybe many cars, and maybe get killed. So, yeah, in that respect, yeah, you know what, your actions will equal, <laughs> you know, you will you will get the consequences <laughs> from those actions. But now, you know, there's bigger things that you just can't know. I mean, here you are trying to put together the next 10 years of your life. Like you said, you went to college and you hated engineering, but yet how are you supposed to know at such a young age what you want to do for the rest of your life? I had that same problem. You know, when I went to school, it was like, oh, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, I don't know. Um, How am I supposed to know right now at this moment? I mean, had you told me back then that I would be doing what I'm doing now, I would tell you, meh, maybe, but I don't think so, you know. You want to be so many different things because you really don't know. And until you start failing and make those failures, then you don't know because you haven't tried it yet. So, you know, to me, failures could also be eliminations of things you don't like, you know, like you found out with the engineering.
1: Mm -hmm. And that that could be a win. You know, that is one of the most frustrating things I see is when you're so young, they ask you to almost, you know, uh, make a big decision based off of very little information. And you can't because you don't even know what's out there sometimes. And that's why I like, uh, you know, podcasts like this or like uh, our uh, Inspired Human Revolution. It brings on people that are kind of doing different things and you kind of get into their mind and their mindset and kind of figure out, you know, what they're doing, what's available for you. So uh, it's just it's it's a catch 22. You really have to make a decision, but you don't even know what you're making the decision on.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know, signing up for a membership to a gym and, you know, you're only 50 pounds soaking wet. It's like, well, did you really need a membership to the gym? No, but everybody <laughs> else everybody else had one, and they looked healthy. So I figured I look healthy, too. I might as well get one, too. Well, does <laughs> it really make sense? You know, and, and that, that's the thing is what you hit on earlier, which was main, which is, you know, society expects. You know, I don't understand why. Well, I mean, I know why, but I just can't understand why so many people are stuck on what society expects. And, you know, which one of the people in society is it that you're given this power to, that you're listening to, to dictate where your life should go instead of following that internal guidance system that you have built into you.
1: Mm-hmm. And that is, man, that's so, so true. We all have that internal guiding system. And uh, for some reason, as we grow up, we don't lose it. We just lose our power over understanding it. And that's, you know, as I like to say, podcasts like this and podcasts like, like a lot of them that are out there, just kind of what they really do in a sense is give us our power back. You know, give us our power back for us to take control of our lives again instead of handing over control to a, you know, this, these, the scripted life that I call, you know, handing it over to somebody else, living according to somebody else's plan, uh, according to somebody else's script that they have. And you don't even know what kind of plan they have planned for, you know. So that's why I love to be on shows like this because it gives people their power back.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's the, that's the whole intention of the show. And, you know, just like your show, It's to give people the understanding and show them that, hey, listen, you're not alone. If you're struggling, you're upset, you're frustrated, you're know, you tired of doing what society wants you to do, or you feel like you shouldn't have to, you're right. You don't have to. I mean, who's forcing you to do what you don't want to do? I mean, at the end of the day, when you go home at night, you have to look at one person in the mirror. You know, there's only one person standing there that's going to be looking back at you. And if that person's happy, then you should be happy. If that person's not happy, you're not going to be happy. And it comes back to you and accepting what other people are telling you to do. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some people that, you know, that's just too much work. I don't want to be bothered, <laughs> and they just rather take the orders or whatever it is, and, and that's fine, you know? Hey, if you're happy, that's fine. Remember what I said, you know, if you, if you look in the mirror and the person looking back at you is smiling, then that's great. But if the person isn't smiling, then you have to say, okay, well, what am I doing wrong here? What do I need to change? Because we all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results.
1: And that's such a hard lesson to learn, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, but I think that's why, too, which I wrote about in my book was that, you know, with failures, uh, I call them lessons, right? And every time you miss the lesson, I found in my experience and from dealing with other people is that the lessons of failure just become bigger and bigger. And it's almost like a big slap in the face. You know, it's like, hello, wake up, wake up. And for me, you know, my biggest Slap in the face was the day I almost died in a car accident. And that was like the big wake up call because I was so in tune to what society wanted. I was so in tune to what I thought was, you know, the thing that was going to make everybody else happy or the right thing to do. And so lost in what, you know, I thought everybody else was expecting that I forgot to just live. You know, (laughs) it's just, it's just crazy. And, you know when I got that message, it was like, "Okay, God, I hear you, crystal clear now, you know, thanks for uh you know letting me get rear ended at seventy five plus miles per hour by an s u v while I was standing still on the highway, um yeah, you delivered the message, you knocked down the doors, you blew out my window, yeah, I got it, you know we're we're good here, <laughs> you know, so it's like it's like uh yeah i'm 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 listening, I hear you now, and I just want people to understand that don't make it go that far, you know every time you have what you would consider a failure or a setback. It's really a lesson, like you stated. You know, you have to learn from it. We don't know why. And I think if you can get over that part of it of don't ask why and just ask, what can I learn from this instead, mm-hmm. your whole outlook is going to change. Your whole life is going to progress in a much better way.
1: So true. You know, so Oprah says something that's so similar. She says, you know, some, I've learned, I've. Uh, she says that she's learned to listen to life because uh, when she's... Uh, hearing her calling, first God whispers to her, and then God shouts at her, and then he throws a brick at you. So you know you, you're waiting till he threw that brick at you. But we don't have to let it go that far. You can you can listen to that when it's just a whisper.
0: Exactly, and and the key is you know trying to quiet out the noise and taking mm-hmm. a deep breath and taking some time for yourself and understanding that you know what, hey, I have to focus on me. I have to tune everything out and. You know, like even today, like I've been talking to a lot of guests this week and it seems to come back to the same thing. Society, that's what I keep hearing. It's society, society, society. And then it's the technology that, you know, has taken people under like it's it's like an undertow, you know. So you're out there surfing. Next thing you know, you get caught under an undertow. And who knows when you'll come back up because it's like, oh, I can't put my phone down because now it's not just a, a phone. It's a smartphone, which is basically a laptop with the uh, with the uh, voice communication on it, so you can do everything and anything on it. It's like, oh, but my business is going to collapse if I don't see my phone, or you know, I have to text this person. And people are forgetting how to be human. You know, they they don't even talk <laughs> to each other anymore. So that's why I, I kind of find it ironic too that podcasts are, are booming and 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 going through the roof because I'm like, wait, do they understand it? They're listening to human voices. This isn't a text message. This isn't a blog post. This isn't a Facebook message. You know, this is actual people talking.
1: <laughs> no, and that's that's what I love about this is that we're actually we're using technology to reach the humanness in the people who are listening. You know, versus them just texting or just watching something that's totally mind numbing. And we're actually adding value to their humanness. So that's 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 a great way to use technology to your advantage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, uh, you mentioned it a few times, and I was going to bring it up. But let's do it now. Let's talk about your, your show, The Inspired Human Revolution. Tell me a little bit about it. Tell listeners about it and uh, how to hear, hear your show.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we basically, it's that same pain point you were just talking about. We think, I also know just like you, and that people are sleepwalking through their lives. And, you know, if you wouldn't have been... Um, have been hit then you might have been sleepwalking until you're 65 75 80 and look back on your life and said what did i just do i just slept through all these years and never really consciously lived i forgot to live like you said and that's all of us you know i think that's a lot of us out there and that's why you know in all my my learnings and my failures and successes that i've had one of the most important things that i think that people can do in their lives is stop you, know, you don't have to get hit by a brick or by a car to stop and and just reflect on your life and, and realize that, okay, these are the days. Uh, these days are passing. What are you doing with it? You know, we have, as human beings, we have 2.5 billion heartbeats in a lifetime. What are you doing with yours? And, you know, we decided that um, that, for me, that was one of my passions, is to help people understand themselves. And actually, our mission at the Inspired Human Revolution is, we want to raise the consciousness of humanity through self-awareness and personal development and entrepreneurship. That's what we want to do, you know, because when you're self-aware, you start, you start living a more uh, creative life, a more fulfilled life. And I'm going to read you a quote real quick. And this quote, the reason I, I, I read this is because this is one of the most telling things uh, about life right now, okay? And it's uh, by Nigel Mars. He says, there are thousands and thousands of people out there. Leading li- lives of quiet screaming desperation, where they work long, hard hours at jobs they hate to enable them to buy things they don't need to impress people they don't like. And yep. that is powerful, man. That is I see. This is the state uh, of many of us here in in the United States. And, you know, if, and if you go to the Bureau, of, the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics, we spend more than you know uh, eight hours a day at a job. And if you go to another survey, by the Deloitte Index Survey, they tell us that 80% of the people hate their job. So, 80% of the people spend more than a third of their day hating it. So, you know, we we realize that there's a big need, and this is exactly what you're doing as well. You're helping people live better lives, be more uh, be more aware of who they are, what they what they're here to do. You know, and that's what we do with the show. We really it's we call it, you know, real stories of real people living life on their own terms. And we just bring people in. Really, it's more like a mastermind. You know, they talk about their story and how they're doing and how they got there and how they're living their passions and their dreams. But it really allows you, the listener, to listen and realize that, hey, there's somebody out there doing this. And if they can do it, I can, too. And I don't just have like marketing people or just uh, entrepreneurs. I have some side hustlers. I have people. You know I just had an American Ninja Warrior on there, I had a chiropractor on there, you know. So we have a lot of different people, but what this does is exposes people to one, the different opportunities that are out there, but two, that you know it changes their belief system, you know, because we know as their beliefs go, so does their life. So that's one of the big things that we do at the Inspired Human Revolution to just really change people's beliefs to open up, you know, for to, to open up their mind to to help them believe that. If somebody else is doing this, so can you, because a lot of times we just don't know what we don't know, and that that hurts us big time.
0: Yeah, and, and another great thing about the podcasting, which I think is that, you know what, it allows people to get the help that they need that, you know, maybe they're embarrassed to ask for. And there's nothing wrong with asking for help, but at least this way, you know what, it's kind of like anonymous. You know, they can chime in, they can listen, and they can get the information that they need and hopefully put them on the right path to, you know, living a life that was meant to be lived. Like I, I just spoke with somebody early and I told them, I said, you know, the problem is that we forgot the definition of human being, you know, it's, <laughs> it ends in being, you have to be, be in the present, be in the moment, you mm-hmm. know, stop doing, we just, we, you know, we're not called human doings, but we're always doing something, you know, it's like, Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. How about just being for a moment, you know, taking in the sun, taking in, the beauty of nature around you taking in just you know the fresh air enjoying (laughs) your family you know in a way that you never did and you know maybe it's just me because you know i almost died so i understand the importance of it because i had somebody that said something to me and they were like oh today's gonna be the luckiest day of your life and i'm like no i was like the luckiest day of my life already came and they're like well what do you mean i said well the day that i got a second chance you know was the luckiest day of my life and i woke up and i realized that you know what? if I don't make a change now and do something now, this isn't going to end good. And, you know, it was small little things. You know, it was a whisper here and it was a whisper there and it was a shout here and a shout there and it was a brick or two. And then after that didn't happen, you know, I didn't listen still. It was like, you know, well, all right, fine. Now it's, you're getting, uh, you know, rear-ended in an automobile accident. So it's like, all right. I was like, all right, I, I get it. I get it. All right, I promise I get it. And And, you know, one of the promises was, to live to my fullest and love people to my fullest and be able to help them to my maximum capacity, you know, to not have to go through the same struggle and, you know, go through the same pain like you and I both have experienced in the past because we know now that it's not necessary. So if you're out there and you're struggling, just understand and listen to what we've just said. There's no need for you to struggle. There's no need for you to, you know, continuously go through these struggles Mm -hmm. that you find yourself in and you're Mm -hmm. not alone. Just look, Fidel's on the show, he had problems, I had problems, you know, everybody's had problems, and the thing that makes it great is when you learn how to overcome them, and you trust in yourself, and you can tap into that in a guidance system, you know, and it's there, it was there with you when you were born, it's that that voice that tells you, don't do that, you're going to get hurt, don't do this, this bad thing's going to happen, you know, we all have it, so just tune into it, and, you know, learn to quiet your mind.
1: Yeah, and it's so hard to quiet the mind when there's so much noise, like you said. But I think you're so right when you talk about the inner guidance system because I think everybody's born with it. Um, and that's and I've realized once I started connecting with it again, you know, I started living a more fulfilling life. And what I mean by that is I started doing things based off like what I'm good at, but not just what I'm good at, but what I'm more passionate about. And you know, I've realized that as I grew you know, of course it's taking a lot of work, but as I grew up I was so good um, at inspiring people. I was, you know, since I was 16, my pastor would ask if I could uh, speak in front of the church. You know, I I remember giving a sermon, and after the sermon, people came up to me, and uh, they were almost in tears, and they were like, wow, that was so good, Fidel. Can we hear another one? You know, and I would speak. I was also the co-captain of my football team. When I speak, everybody would just listen, and I could see their eyes light up when I spoke, you know, but this whole time, I never wanted to answer that because, Paul, I was so You know, I was I was almost embarrassed that I wanted to tell somebody I was, you know, my passion is engineering. My passion is mathematics, something tangible. Right. And inspiring people and motivating people and helping people live a better life is not very tangible. You have to explain it and most people don't understand it. Um, So I was almost uh, afraid of 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 uh, answering this call. But when I did. Things start to happen to me as far as the universe just opens up and these awesome opportunities and people, you know, uh, will come into your life and it gets so much easier. Um, uh, it's it's almost like really the divine, the divine's coming down and actually helping you carry out your mission versus you having to push something that you know is not you. Um, you know, we, just, there's a statement that I heard recently and it says, let the work you do be an expression of who you are. And for that listener out there that you're listening to Paul and I talk if you can just let you know the work that you do listen to that guiding system and do that work you will live such a more fulfilled life and it's no matter what it is I guarantee you that you're going to be more happier and you're going to be more content you're going to have more energy and listening to podcasts like this uh you can also learn how to make money doing it so you're in a great place right now, no matter what, where you find yourself in life uh, right now. You're in a great place because it's a awesome time to be alive.
0: Amen, brother. I mean, you know, it, it, you're right on. It's it's what it is. And, you know, as you said that, it reminded me of a saying my father always told me when I was a kid growing up. He would say, you know, don't worry about the money. Just find something that you love to do, and you'll never have to work a day in your life. But, you know, being young and immature I was like, yeah, whatever, uh, you know, that doesn't make <laughs> no sense. I have to pay bills, you know, I'm going to have yeah. to eat, I want a car, I want this, you know, and you're young. So, you know, you're, you're a teenager and you, you just want things, you know, you get stuck wanting and chasing the material things. And like you, I put off the mission too, you know, and that's why I got into the car accident, I believe. You know, I really <laughs> believed that it was because I kept refusing to do what I was being called to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like like you said, it's hard to explain. And then I was always stuck on the money. You know, well, how am I going to make money? Well, how will I make money? And it was like that was the revelation. And I think that's why the car accident happened to show me like, hey, dummy, it's not about the money. You know what I mean? It's about helping. Mm-hmm. It's about giving back. It's about love. You know, it's about helping people around you, helping the community, helping people understand their purpose and what they need to do with their life to move mm-hmm. forward and become better people and, you know, help each other achieve the dreams that we, were, that we were meant to achieve. And I fully believe that we were born to be creators,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: so we have the ability to create any kind of life that we so desire, and it all starts with what you believe. You know, if you keep concentrating on negative things, don't be surprised if your life doesn't turn out so nice, you know, because you will get what you put out there. If you're putting negative things out there, you know, you're going to get negative things. If you start thinking positive thoughts and you start projecting the type of life that you want to live instead of focusing on the type of life that you are living right now, I guarantee you that you'll start to see some major changes.
1: Mm, and, I, you know, people that are listening right now, this is no coincidence you're listening to Paul's whole life success show because I believe in synchronicity. There's a reason. I don't even know how you got to listen to us today, but there's a reason why you're listening. And this is a whisper that we're talking about. This is a whisper to you. I know there's a calling in your heart. There's something that you know you have to do, and nobody else can do it but you. And this is the whisper that the universe is sending you to know that, hey, these guys are doing it. They know other people that are doing it, and you can too. Just a real quick story. When I was at the meatpacking plant, Paul, I decided I was going to quit. I was going to start a business. This is 2007. And I went to my manager's office. Paul, he was a uh, he was a rising star in the company. He was already going to be plant manager and uh, you know doing great things. He was a young guy. He was basically my mentor. I looked up to him. I wanted to be just like him. He just looked like he was in his flow in his state, right? So I go to his office, and as soon as I opened the door, uh, you know he said, "Come in." And when I sat down, he knew what I was going to say. He knew I was fixing to give him my two weeks' notice, right? So as soon as I gave him my two weeks' notice. He gets up, Paul, and he closes the door. He walks back to his chair. He looks at me for a little bit and he says, what are you going to do? I said, you know what, Jared? I don't know. I just, you know, I don't want you to feel like I'm going to go somewhere else. And I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just know that I have to create something uh, based off this feeling that I have. You know, do something with my life that I enjoy, that I have a, a passion for. And he looks at me for another, like, seemed like an eternity, but it was about two or three seconds. And he said, you know what, Fidel? If I could do anything, I would go back to Missouri right now, and farm my parents' land. Man, that shocked me. That was the last thing I thought was going to come out of his mouth. I mean, this guy had spent so much time and energy in school, and now he was getting paid so well. And I mean, he was there from five o'clock in the morning to six, seven at night. But yet, when you ask him, you know, and I didn't even ask him, but basically I did because I basically gave him the gave him the the right to tell me. He said, "You know what?" I wish I was doing something else. And when he told me that, when I left his office, Paul, I realized that there is many, many more people like him, like myself, working at places they really don't want to be just to make a living, living a life based off somebody else's plan, somebody else's script. And that's when I realized, you know what? The world needs this. The world needs to hear my voice. And, you know, the world needs to hear what we talk about in this conversation right here. So. I so, appreciate you having me on because this is important. This is a conversation that people, that we, as a community, as a, as a, you know, as a world, need to be having.
0: Absolutely, and I mean I couldn't have said it better than you said it earlier about synchronicity and you know this happening for a reason. We run across things not by not by chance, but by purpose. You know, there's a reason why you're hearing the call, like Fidel said. And there's a reason why, you know, you tune into shows like this and, you know, this reason why you listen this far. I mean, if you've listened this far into it, you were yeah. here for a reason. It's that simple. I mean, if you were to listen for the first two, three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, and then shut it off and then say, yeah, you know what? You you know, it wasn't for you. But if you've listened to this this far in the program, you know, we're at the end now and we're going to say our goodbyes. But if you made it this far, you definitely need to re listen to this broadcast and make sure that you got the value out of it because Fidel dropped some incredible points in there and, you know, incredible value that will help you better your life. And, you know, we both shared our own personal stories of struggle and, you know, how we got to where we are, basically. And, you know, the tips and tools that you can use to create a better life. So on that note, Life Warriors, I'm going to wrap it up by saying go out there and live the life that you were created to live. I'll catch you on that battlefield that we call life. And don't forget to subscribe so that you'll be notified when the latest episodes are released.